Welcome to Happy to Be Here, your mental health starter kit podcast. This week, we're talking to Carolyn Brown, co-founder of Indigo Wellness and registered dietitian and nutritionist. And we're talking about everything from inflammation to rest to what your daily bathroom strategy should look like. But most importantly, we're talking about how to start nourishing yourself right now and not just waiting for the quote unquote better version of you in the future because you deserve care today. I'm Vivian. This is Happy to Be Here. And here's my conversation with Carolyn. I'm so excited to be on this episode of Happy to Be Here with Carolyn Brown, the co-founder of Indigo Wellness, also the sister of Sarah Swanberg, who we had on a few episodes ago. We were just talking about that. And also a registered dietitian. I have so many questions for you. Um, I've just been stalking your Instagram and your Instagram stories, and there's so much wealth of knowledge there around wellness and well-being and how to really treat your body kinder. Um, So there's so much Mm -hmm. to dive in on. But before I do that, I want you to introduce yourself to everyone listening. Thank you. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I was just thinking this morning, it's been a while since I've been a guest on a podcast and there's, it's just such a fun way to have conversations. Um, so yeah, I'm a registered dietitian. I, have, I specialize in functional and integrative nutrition. And so that really means we're looking at the body as a whole picture. Uh, food is important, but it's not only about the food. It's about your stress levels. It's about your sleep. It's about your community. Um, and of course, we do take some like testing and gut health and hormone health and all sorts of, you know, more specialized areas into account as well. So yeah, it's really about the whole person. And I'm so lucky to do this work alongside my sister, Sarah, who's an acupuncturist. So we really look at things like East-West wellness. Where can we merge the best of both worlds and all of our education um, from mine, more from the Western side of things and Sarah's more from the Eastern side of things uh, with a sprinkle of more functional medicine in there. It's one of my favorite things about Indigo in general and what you guys do as a practice is just how holistic it is and how your approach is multifaceted across, like you said, acupuncture is one of the aspects, but so is nutrition. And so you guys also have public physical therapists within your space and the regular therapist within your space and it kind of spans the mm-hmm. gamut. And when I was intrigued to have you on, it was also because we have, I mean, anyone on the internet right now knows that so many conversations are revolving around hormone health and gut health and nutrition. And I think that that is amazing, but it also comes with the risk of not getting your information from sources that are credible and actually expertly yeah. trained. Um, and it can feel like also you're doing like, if you're just listening to people talk on the internet, it can feel like you're doing everything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone is just in some ways fear-mongering or saying like, this is the thing that you need to do. Where my, just a deep understanding of what you're doing so far, just from like your internet presence, it feels so much more inviting and also an acceptance of like, you're not doing anything wrong. The world just kind of works how it is and here's how you can meet it where it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. Cause that's definitely the goal for me of not fear mongering and not sharing things, even if I agree with them, that might be a little bit more scary. Um, and really trying to like censor that because I think it can feel so overwhelming. You'll find one person saying eat vegetables and you'll literally find the carnivore diet saying, don't eat vegetables. So you can find people saying the opposite in of anything. And that's true, obviously with, <laughs> with literally yeah. every area aspect of life. Um, but I think it is really important that you can't blanket, you know, nutrition is not a blanket, um, thing for anybody. And I even say this, I use this example a lot, but like what you 
could eat could be different. Do you have a sibling? Yeah, a brother. Okay, mm-hmm. brother. So even genetically speaking, you could eat the same exact things, and obviously mm-hmm. you're different different genders. But um, me and my sister, for example, and you'll pull different nutrients mm-hmm. out of it. Our bodies will digest things differently. So nutrition really should be, and hopefully the future of it is completely hyper individualized. So yeah, we can give some generalized advice, but that doesn't take into lifestyle your that doesn't take into account your mm-hmm. lifestyle, your genetics, um, how you move through the day, mm-hmm. what your preferences are. And so there's so much to consider when it comes to nutrition. So I, I even hesitate to like share what mm-hmm. I eat in a day because it, why does it matter? Exactly. It doesn't really tell you like, yeah, I can give you examples of things, but I've learned what really works well for my body. And that's super important to me to help people um, sort of merge inner wisdom, knowing what you love with external wisdom, which is like, to me, knowing the science behind things. And, you know, that's going to change day to day as well. How do you encourage people to develop that sensitivity, right? I think it's something that Mm. I've slowly started to figure out for myself or just been more conscious of as I've tried to, especially since going to acupuncture, actually, because I've noticed how much acupuncture helps with my bloating. And then by default, it's easier to spot what bloats me totally because I'm at like a lower level. And so I'm like, oh, like things like broccoli or cauliflower that are encouraged and are like in basically everything at this point or made of everything at this point. I'm like, actually that triggers my stomach in a specific way that maybe it wouldn't someone else. Great example. And having that sensitivity has also like helped me lay back on like, I can eat regular bread or I can eat sourdough bread more and that be okay Mm -hmm. for my body. Great. Yeah. I mean, it really comes down to, it does come down to a level of mindfulness and starting to pay attention. And that's starting with where you are today. Uh, this is not some big overall. I wish I could give you like a secret <laughs> weapon for this, but it's really just starting to notice your own body triggers. A really easy one. I feel like crap when I drink wine the next day. Okay. That's clear. Now it's up to me if I want to listen to that or not, which is a whole other conversation mm-hmm. to have, but our bodies really give, there is a body language that each of us has. And it's really up to us to start listening to that and start discovering that a tool I use for clients is food, mood, body stuff, journaling. So we use an app for all of our clients, for our nutrition clients to write down what they ate, but not just what they ate, how they, how they're feeling. Is it a particularly stressful day? Did they have a really hard meeting in the morning and it's like totally thrown off their food? Stress and blood sugar are really intertwined. So you're way more likely to reach for, you know, the donuts in the office if you've had a really stressful day or if you had, if you didn't sleep at all last night. So I'm really trying to look for connecting dots for people. And that's, that can be outsourced to someone like me, but that's something that I invite all of your listeners and anyone on social media to do as well, if it doesn't feel like triggering eating disorder wise. But you could even just body stuff journal too. So for the day, here's how I felt. Here's what happened. Can we connect any dots there? Um, Was I bloated because I speed ate because I had one minute for lunch? So we're looking at like a whole lot of the bigger picture, really. It's it's about the food, but it's not at all about the food. Your balance too on your social is so, um, I'm a fan, especially because I am in the space and I see so many different ways of how nutrition and food can be categorized. And even your disclaimer right now, like if it's not triggering to you because of eating disorder stuff, like that is such an important note that a lot of people don't make where it's, we all, I think, baseline have complicated relationships with food. We do. <laughs> like I, We like, do. Why do you think I got in this field? <laughs> same. So I think that we, like I have never identified with any specific disordered eating, but I know I have disordered eating, right? Like that label, that's mm-hmm. as far as the label has gone in therapy because it's just my relationship to food has always been layered, right? And yeah. 
And I think that that was something that was really helpful for me, but it may not be helpful for someone else. And it's also something Mm -hmm. that we don't, that, that overlap between body, mind, food, nutrition, Mm -hmm. everything that kind of comes in that bucket always feels like it's supposed to be designated separately, which is why I'm obsessed with like the holistic nature of your work. Cause it brings it all together and says like you, as you are right now is the version of you that you have to tend to, not the version that you like think you should be or want to be. Mm -hmm. Mic drop (laughs) in the conversation there. Um, It's so important. Yeah. To be with who you are today, not future you. And it's, it's even a conversation I have a lot around weight loss. Mm. Um, I was in weight loss, you know, specifically weight loss in private practice for 10 years in New York city. And uh, people want to wait to do the big things in their life until they are in a different body. And it's like, what if we switch the order of that and you start acting the way that you want to feel with that confidence level and then, you know, and over time, your body will get to where probably it is in a, like it's in its best spot. I do believe that, you know, getting to a healthy weight is a side effect of putting all these other behaviors into action. And when we're not fixated on the number, typically it's more likely to move as well. Um, so like, that's another example where I see that come into play too. It's like, let's, let's, um, let's change our focus and really focus on how we feel which we outsource so much to like, no, this food is healthy, mm-hmm. you know, that black and white type of thinking. But like the reality is there's so much gray. I consider it rainbow <laughs> in the middle that like we do want to be in there. And yeah, probably closer to the healthier, quote unquote, healthier side of things. Um, I know there's even like pushback of like the words we use in this space too of like, you know, using, saying something's healthy, saying something's clean. I'm in the generation like that doesn't bother me that much but I also do try to be sensitive to that as well for for a lot of people who it can trigger who then feel like they're doing something dirty or wrong when they're not sort of quote-unquote on track what are some of those tips for someone who may be starting right now in exactly the body they are to feel like it's attainable right because I think that that Mm -hmm. is the scary part is when you're like well I can't do this until I'm this way or until I have these things in my fridge until I have the budget for X, Y, Z thing. When in reality, yeah. it's like, like I said um, earlier, it was literally I made an avocado toast for breakfast the other day with a egg and these cauliflower hash browns that I get at Whole Foods. And I felt, I felt like my body felt bad afterwards. And I'm like, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Why do I feel this way? And I had just gone to acupuncture the day before. So it's why I knew the bloating was specific. Mm-hmm. And then since then, I've had both an egg in the same style and avocado toast all separately. And then I was like, oh, it's the cauliflower hash brown that for Mm -hmm. as much as it tastes good to me in that moment, it doesn't react well in my body in that moment or afterwards. Mm -hmm. But that sensitivity is, I think, part of it's self-awareness, but part of it is also just honestly the help of Sarah and just like an understanding of deeper wellness trends Mm -hmm. to help guide me through that. So if someone was starting right now, what could that look like? Yeah. So I think of the low hanging fruit kind of mentality of like, what are the basics that you do know really impact your mood? For me, that's water and a non-negotiable I have for all of my clients and that I love to talk about is your wake up water. So we wake up dehydrated. Can you start your day with 12 to 16 ounces of water? If you want to get fancy and add lemon slices or ginger or apple cider vinegar, like do you, but a bare minimum is just do the water. Um, So it's like, it's not that complicated. It is just a habit. And it's a muscle to have that before you have coffee or breakfast or whatever you start your day with. So something like that. Um, 10 before 10 is another one I love. I love that. 10 minutes yes. of outside o'clock. I've seen o'clock. you post about this. 
It's so important. It's so important for our circadian rhythm to get a little bit of sunshine. And actually, it ends up impacting our sleep for the next night. Mm. So about 36 hours later, it ends up impacting your night's sleep. Um, So the research on sleep, so important. Can you get off your screens? Those blue lights. I have so many clients, especially in their 20s, early 30s, who just are on their phones to go to bed and as soon as they wake up. And what's that doing for our circadian rhythm and also our nervous system um, to be bombarded by, by that all the time? So um, also getting your fridge stocked with food and cooking. Cooking to me is a health non-negotiable. And I know for uh, many people, it's like order in culture. And we can, I work with that too. Like if that's where you're starting from, great. Um, but can you even just kind of assemble a breakfast for yourself? By just, in, just by doing that a couple times a week, you're going to be saving tons of excess sugar, junky oils from restaurants, money too. Um, so I, I look at things like that for people that are like the easy stuff. We're not trying to overhaul your life. And I, I don't even do this with clients coming in who want to make these huge changes. I'm really looking for, okay, what's your life actually, what does your life actually look like? And what are some things we can up level for sure? Um, but not an overhaul because that never sticks. For a week or two, you might want to do that. And we do offer some weeks that are more of like a kick-ass, you know, really um, more what I would consider nourishing, optimized, but a lot of newness. But then what does the rest of your life really look like? And how are we going to infuse, you know, some health behaviors through your day? I have like four questions that just popped up from the <laughs> answer of that because there's so much there. But it one of the things that I wanted to talk about too was you've been talking a lot and I know you guys did this um, a few months ago, because I feel like I saw it on your Instagram story, but your wow wellness, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We do have one coming up at the end of April mm-hmm. and putting that together is always fun for me. What is that? And how can people fit into mm-hmm. it more? Because I, I feel like I saw it a few months ago um, and I've only been following you since then. But it seems like that really, it's almost like a boot camp of a sort, like a nice boot camp. <laughs> a nice boot camp. Yeah. That's really important part of it because I've done them in the past that I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I like made people go carb free for a week. <laughs> um, so I've also like evolved in my way of practicing too. So it's really like a gentle nourishing reset. And, you know, there's so much noise in our diet, which is part of what I heard you saying too, with why acupuncture is so beneficial for you and just sort of like clearing some of the noise so you can really see what's what. And that's something I think is really important and great to do for our systems a couple times a year. That's not a way to live, but can there be a week where you do cut out gluten, you do cut out sugar, you do cut out alcohol, uh, dairy is like optional depending on what's going on for someone, um, but you also can cut out speaking negatively to yourself or trying to. We start to just like bring some some mindfulness in around that. I've had people historically cut out coffee, which I've now yelled at enough about it that I wouldn't do it anymore. Um, so yeah, it's just like, a, it's a real reset week uh, where people are cooking all of their meals, they're in community, they're feeling supported, they're doing ch- daily challenges, they're staying hydrated, um, and just like how good can you feel? Mm-hmm. Let's start there. Oh my too. gosh, that's such how a good, good question. Yeah, and I think we're just so so many of us are used to feeling bloated, tired, like we wake up already tired for the day, <laughs> um, where it's like okay, well if we we clear out all the junk, you can really see what's what. And then go from there and figure out which changes you actually want to implement. Like I eat sugar. I, you know, I eat some candy sometimes. So like, I'm, I'm also not expecting anyone or nor do I think it's healthy. I think it's more in the disordered eating orthorexia side of things. If you're too restrictive in your day-to-day life. That question is, I think what's been guiding my personal life in general, but like, how good can you feel? Mm. Like how, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that we're so used to just 
the baseline being whatever, I'm fine. To like not exploring actually how much more abundance and how much more goodness can I fill in my life and how much more can my life expand around that versus Mm -hmm. constantly feeling like I'm contracting around like the really harder negative things happening. Oh, that is so good and so powerful. And it might be surprising too, but like I do talk to people about their friends and their Mm -hmm. relationships because if you're surrounded with, what's the quote? If you're surrounding yourself, don't diagnose yourself with depression. Oh my gosh. If in fact you're surrounded by assholes or I'm butchering it. Oh my gosh. That's really important. On my podcast a few, um, well, not a few episodes ago, a few months ago now, but that was something she said. She's like, a lot of people who come in for therapy, one of her first things, it's like, let's figure out if you have depression or if you're just surrounding yourself with assholes. And it was one of my favorite quotes from that episode. I'm like, yep, exactly. Exactly. It matters so much. And and on that note too, the way, but there's that saying, you are the average of the five people that you hang around most. And I really think that's true with food and movement and alcohol consumption, things like that too. Like I loved my friends in New York City. They were way more party people then actually works with my system. They're Australian (laughs) too. So I feel like they're just like made of something different. Um, But like, actually, I don't really feel great. And I I still can connect with them on other, so many other things. But um, in terms of like nightlife and things like that, like I want to be in bed at night. And so starting (laughs) to surround myself with people who feel the same actually really nourishes my life, my body, and how good I feel like day to day. Nourishment as like a overarching word for a lot of different things is I think also really beneficial, right? Is this idea that it's an umbrella term for your friendships and how are you actually filling your cup versus always feeling like you are in fight or flight mode with everything that you're doing in your life. And you mentioned that before, just how much the right kind of wellness routines or nourishment actually helps our nervous system out. And I'd love to talk about that more because I feel like that is something that is really popular right now. Um, Sarah got me on magnesium glycite for (laughs) sleep and sleep quality. And I mean, the way that my brain just kind of quiets down every night when I take Mm. it has been magical and it's just impacted me so much. But when when I had her on, I also had her explain like what the differences in magnesium are and like what these things um, actually mean in your life and what they can do. Because I do feel like it's um, murky sometimes. But when it comes to nervous system and inflammation, in your body. Talk me through that a little bit more so that people understand. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when it comes to your nervous system, I mean, we have so much input all day, every day, and especially with our level of technology and Wi-Fi, And, you know, there's so many, so many areas we could go into, but we also end up getting really depleted with certain nutrients, specifically magnesium. Magnesium is our chill out mineral. It gets depleted with high levels of cortisol. And so most of us are depleted. That's one of the, that's one of the vitamins. There's like maybe three that I would love to put in the U S water supply. (laughs) So I'm like, we, we would all thrive with a little more magnesium. And of course, you know, in my practice and at Indigo, we're very much like food first, let's try to get it in from the food sources. So for something like magnesium, that would be uh, sweet potatoes, black beans are great sources, um, dark leafy greens, things like that. And time and place for, we're, we're also at an exceptional level of stress. Most of us. And so there's a time and place for supplements too. So food first, supplements second, magnesium is a fantastic one. Most women, we do put on a multivitamin to cover some bases, um, depending on what's going on that might look like a prenatal. Um, but I like to customize all of our supplements, but really, really does come down to 
replenishment and being a safety net in a lot of ways. And that does end up having such a trickle down effect to our nervous system. Uh, something else that's really important is blood sugar regulation in our nervous system. So when someone comes in feeling really anxious to me and I'll look at their food and they have these huge gaps between meals, I'm like, okay, that's going to help so much because when we're low blood sugar, we're way more anxious. Um, you know, so, so starting to notice what your own sort of hunger signals are, which isn't necessarily belly rumbling, but a lot of times it might be okay, feeling a little grouchy, not really able to focus, or it might feel like real anxiety. And so making sure that you're eating blood sugar balanced meals, which is to me, as I use a, I use a saying, no carbs naked, which means no carbs oh, solo, unless you're about to go work out um, it, or you're having dinner in half an hour and you just need a little something. But generally when we have carbs, even pieces of, even a piece of fruit, we do want to pair it with some good fat or protein. And that really helps with blood sugar stabilization. So nervous system wise, I'm looking at things like that. Also, I prescribe for my clients in New York City. I've done this twice this <laughs> week. Go to Central Park, take off your shoes and ground actually have connection to earth. And if you're, you know, in the Sanford or Connecticut area, that might look like going to the beach or even just your backyard, if you have, if you're still lucky <laughs> to have one. Um, but that reconnection to the earth is amazing for our nervous system. And it's something that most of us are so far away from mm -hmm. in our day-to-day -day For someone lives. who's struggling with that blood sugar, right? How, mm -hmm. I know we don't want to be necessarily prescriptive and generalized, but how often is a good window to eat frequently. Cause like even I see it in my life. The other day I told my boyfriend, um, I was stressing around something and then I had a late lunch, early dinner because we had skipped lunch. And I'm like, wow, I really have to start asking, am I just honestly spiraling or am I just hungry? <laughs> uh, amen. Um, yes, I, I feel that deeply. So yeah, this is one of those places we can use external wisdom and most of us need food every three to four hours. And so looking sort of clockwise at it that way of like, if it's been three and a half, four hours, you're probably going to need a little something. So that means for, for clients, I always have them keep safety snacks on them. I keep things in the car just in case. Um, so those kind of ways of thinking through, and there's different types of hunger too. Sometimes we're looking at like preventative hunger, which means, okay, I know I have this huge jam-packed day of meetings coming up. And so I might not be super hungry now, but it's been about two and a half or three hours mm. since I last ate. So let me eat something to just help myself over that give myself a bridge. Mm -hmm. What about, um, oh my God, I have so many questions for you. Karen. This is great. Bring it. It's so fun to chat with you. Um, <laughs> inflammation has also been something mm -hmm. that I personally struggle with for sure. And then that I hear a lot of conversations around. And especially mm -hmm. when it comes to like hormone, like I come out, I came off my birth control at the end of 2021 and I was on the pill for like eight or nine years at that point. And the level of, bloating and what I felt like was inflammation within my body. I mean, I'm only feeling like as of last December when I started acupuncture is when it really took a bigger deep down. Mm. But it can feel so um, isolating when that isn't something that you can go to the doctor and be like, hey, I have inflammation. In fact, they might like laugh at yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but we take that very <laughs> seriously. Um, especially if you know like, oh, I feel like whether it's puffy, it's brain fog, really from head to toe inflammation even affects our brains too. Can you walk me through those symptoms? Like what that can yeah. look like? Yeah. So it could be anything from joint pain. It could be digestive. It could be bloating. Um, that's usually inflammation of like intestines. It could be reflux. It could be again, brain fog. It could be depression and anxiety too. It could be achy bones, kind of that, that achy, you know, feeling in the morning. 
It could be like swollen joints. Um, so really there's so many things that it can look like. And this is one of those things too, it's really interesting with gluten and I'm not like, it's not like everybody should be on a gluten-free strict diet, um, but gluten, some of the side effects can be anxiety. And it's like, what, what, like, how do those two things have anything to do? Well, it causes some inflammation in our bodies and an inflammatory response, which then there's, you know, all these things trying to fight it off. And so you're, there's just like, it's putting your body, uh, it's, it's sort of adding to a level of overwhelm of, of stress in your body. So I do think of like, um, even things that are like healthy hit workouts for some women with specific health conditions, PCOS, endo, it can end up adding more stress to your body. So you're really depleting your reserves in that way. And so we look at sort of like overall lifestyle things of like, what can we remove? And also most importantly to me is what can we add in? Of course, we need to get rid of some of that, again, that noise. Uh, so that means sugar. That means really drastically cutting back or out alcohol. That means looking at body products. That means oh, wow, looking yeah. at relationships, mm -hmm. you know, too. Um, but really, really looking, you know, from a food perspective of like, okay, what do you maybe not see that you're adding in? Are you eating restaurant meals all the time? And they use junky cheap oils because that's how they make money. Um, and so just starting to get to the bottom of that and then adding in, you know, whole fruits and veggies, anti-inflammatory herbs and spices. Turmeric is the best. Uh, the bioactive part of that is called curcumin. And it's one of my most uh, recommended supplements, especially for mood related issues. Um, so it can really, really be helpful to, for depression. It actually goes head to head with Prozac in clinical trials. Oh, wow. So it's got to be a higher dose of mm -hmm. it. And that's something that I work specifically with, with clients on, but it's a really fascinating one. And it's like, there's no downside to it. Do you it. have another short list of things that can help when you're feeling that level of inflammation within your body? When you said joints, I'm mm -hmm. like, whenever I have pasta at night and I wake up in the morning, it's like, I can mm -hmm. feel it in my hands. Or if I'm feeling anxious in general, that's where usually I'll feel it in the morning. Yeah. So a couple of things specifically for inflammation uh, would be love sp like spices and herbs are fantastic. So that turmeric, saffron can be really good. Um, I also would really look at probably at liver related stuff. So maybe some NAC is a great one that is um, precursor to a really important antioxidant in our body called glutathione. It's the master of all antioxidants. So it helps fight off things like inflammation. Um, and then also really hydrating too. You want to think of like flushing things out of your system. So anywhere between 64 to hundred ounces of water in a day and making sure you're actually hitting that fully, uh, rest too, which is so underrated in this go, go, go culture where I want to be giving you, you know, a list of 10 things to do, but actually the most important thing might just be to, for your body to do its thing. Our bodies are amazing at going back to balance, that level of homeostasis. Um, and our bodies like sometimes just need to be let to do their thing. And that's really what happens overnight too when we sleep, um, that our bodies fight, you know, work at these things. Yeah. And it's so impressive how much um, I've seen it a lot in my acunaps whenever I go to acupuncture. It's just <laughs> like, I'm very much a mind person. And I even said this in, this, in the episode with, um, with Sarah, it was just like, my mind is always acting. And acupuncture has very much been the first time where I'm just like, oh, my body knows what to do without me telling it what to do. Mm -hmm. Like I can just like lay there and it'll do what it needs to do to get mm -hmm. to where it's going in that moment. And I feel like that sense of permission is something that is really hard, like you said, because of the culture that we live in and this understanding that even in this interview, I've asked you so many questions around like, what can we do? What can we do? Versus like, that's important, but also what do we just stop doing and just uh, allow? Yeah. Yeah. And to your point, sometimes we need things to nudge mm -hmm. it. Acupuncture, 
uh, food, supplements, like there's a lot that we can do to, to help push things in the right direction. And sometimes we do need medication mm-hmm. too. I don't want to skip over that. And also, can we relax a little bit more? Maybe that's the secret mm-hmm. to some of the inflammation <laughs> issues as well. So yeah, I think that that's so important. What can we do less of? What can we take? What can we delegate? Mm-hmm. What can we say no to? Um, so I'm so glad that you bring that up. And even when I was talking about birth control and hormones, right? Like I, that was a conscious decision on my end because my mental health was in a really bad place. I felt really bloated and I felt really sick. And I mean, it was wild how within like the first two months of coming off birth control, I lost like four pounds just of water weight, just like in my yeah. stomach. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, my body was going through things that it's probably going to take a while to come off of. Yeah. And we are, I w- I'm not anti-birth control. Yeah, neither and Sarah and I have done a lot, uh, had a lot of conversations. We have a program, a course that you can take on your own called Hello Hormones, where we talk about birth control and post-pill syndrome. And it's amazing what it's done for women's mm-hmm. liberation and getting to choose when we have babies and it's putting hormones into your body. It's masking a lot of what's going on. And so people go on it for skin conditions. They go on it for a lot for not for the sex <laughs> related things. They go on it for skin. They go on it for PCOS. Sometimes it can be really helpful for many other people. It's really, you know, a block to how your body naturally would be. And so, um, yeah, we see a lot, we see a lot of people with something called post pill syndrome, where your body takes a little bit to get back into your natural rhythm. Um, and the truth is that very often birth control is prescribed in tandem with antidepressants. And that's a really scary thing. So what's it, what's it doing to us? And there's some research, and I haven't looked at this in a while, but around, among teenage girls that it was like within a year, many, many, a huge percentage of girls were put on an antidepressant after starting birth control pill. And so like, what are we doing to ourselves with some of these normal, normalized or, or common medications that we are the generations that are starting to see the long-term side effects. I wish I would have found you guys when I was coming off the pill because even coming off of it, um, I would talk to my doctor and be like, I don't, like there's a lot that's like getting figured. I feel like I'm going through like a second um, puberty. Like that's like just like hormonally, like my acne broke out. Like it was just, it felt so different in my own body and so uncomfortable. And I went to my regular doctors and they were like, all they wanted to do as a response was put me in a different birth control. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to work because it, yeah, I'm like, because (laughs) I, well, physically my body is reacting in very quote unquote, I don't even know if negative ways is the right way to describe it. It's just like different, right? Like it's changing a lot at the very quick amount because of no longer having something like hormone wise inserted into it. But the fact that they wanted to put me on a different birth control was like disregarding the fact that it was like night and day with my depression and anxiety, like how much better I felt. And I was like, we we aren't even accounting for the fact that that is like so much better. Tell me more about the course because I feel like anyone listening is probably like, okay, I need to go get that tomorrow. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You can go to our website, indigowellnessgroup.com and it's called Hello Hormones. And we really made it as a, initially as a preconception program for like women thinking about thinking about babies. So sort of in that like early stage, Um, But really just also to teach us about our bodies. Like it's super sex ed. Like 
we're just prescribed things and we take them. I, I'm in the same exact boat. I did the same exact thing. And I felt crazy. I remember it was like the devil pill yeah. for me. Like I remember with my partner at the time, yeah, just being a completely different person and getting off of it pretty quickly for that reason. Um, but there's alternative methods too of birth control and we're just not really taught about that. So again, time and place for, for using the pill, different types of pills can work really well for different people. Some people do well with the IUD. Some people it causes crazy inflammation and they we think they have SIBO, but then it turns out that no, they had the IUD inserted and it causes inflammation um, right next to their intestines. Mm-hmm. Like everything's in a very small compartment <laughs> in there. Um, so yeah, I think you're you're to- like in terms of actually, let me circle back to the course. Um, the course we created for women who are curious about their bodies. It would even be great for teenage girls too, but up through you know 30s and 40s, thinking or trying to have babies too. We talk about egg health, sperm health, uh, just things that you know we all try to suppress, we all, nobody wanted to get Mm -hmm. pregnant. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, okay, that's maybe in my near future if this resonates. And even for women who don't want to have babies too, to like learn that your period is a fifth vital sign. It tells us so much about what's going on in your body. And I heard you, I listened to the podcast with Sarah as well. And you guys chatted about that, how it's like one of those few things that you can actually see. And so we see huge improvements in like PMS symptoms and like that's all information. We think of your period as almost like a report card for the month of and not in terms of like how you're how you've been eating or anything like that. But I mean, a report card in terms of like how your body's handling um, this monthly, which actually is an inflammatory process, getting your period. But if you're not getting it, if you're getting it in really weird, you know, 20 days mm-hmm. and then 40 days. Um, this is all like super helpful information for us to have. And again, trying to get you back into balance using um, acupuncture, using herbs and supplements and nutrition. This is something you just triggered something, a memory I had of one of your Instagram stories recently because Sarah in that episode also mentioned that poop is one of the other vital oh, yeah. like, visual signs. <laughs> and you said something, I think, in your Instagram post at some point in the last few days that was like, if you're not going fully, in terms of having constipation, like what that actually means. I forget verbatim what you said. But I yeah. think so many people, myself included, because after that, I was like, I have to actually think about this. Mm-hmm. What is constipation? And well, how does your poop tell you more about how you're doing? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited <laughs> we're getting into poop talk. It is so important. And it's something that nobody likes, like women just don't like to talk about it. Men maybe even a little more comfortable with it, but still don't really like to talk about it. And it's a it's something I lead with. <laughs> um, we have a program at Indigo called Get Your Shit Together. I and it includes that. like getting a, a gut testing kit and really help us to get to the bottom of any irregularities there. Um, but yeah, pooping daily. So it is so important because it gets rid of excess toxins and excess estrogen, actually. So from a hormone perspective, so, so crucial. Mm. It also gets rid of excess cholesterol too. So uh, people who have higher cholesterol or dealing with any hormone irregularities too, we need to get you going to the bathroom. Like I'm invested in my <laughs> client's food. I, I seriously, I'll text them. I'm like, have you gone mm-hmm. today or, you know, in the past two days? And we're just trying to work with where you're at. Many of us, yeah, are like, do run constipated. I ask about like, what was it like for you growing up? Um, And especially if you're someone more anxious and Mm -hmm. there's a lot in Ayurvedic medicine about this to like different body types. If you're someone who sort of clenches and runs that more anxious sort of body type, oftentimes that is something we see with um, alongside constipation, which is where magnesium can also be really helpful because it's a relaxant. And so it helps things move 
a little bit more smoothly. And so, yeah, if you're not going every day and going fully, that's the, going I'm glad fully, you pointed that out. Yeah. It's not just going a little, it's like, actually, yeah, we want things to actually be getting out of your system. Otherwise that's recirculating. And how much better do you feel when you're not like holding on to crap, literally? Um, but most people are like, wow, I can, I have energy. You know, sometimes that can be what causes fatigue. Brain fog is just not going to the bathroom deli. So uh, yeah, we do dig, d- dive deep into that, both with questions and if needed, you know, we do use gut testing, um, depending on the person, if that's appropriate. It's so funny because I that must have been less than a week ago that you posted about that because I swear since then I've like going to the bathroom and I'm like, all right, am I going fully like asking myself these questions before I like get out and go out of the bathroom? And it changed my, uh, I also got hit with a TikTok, um, which is how you know that the algorithm knows like probably a few mm-hmm. months ago on tips to potty train yourself as an adult. Because I, wow. yeah, because it's like, we don't, the person doing this, I forget who it was, um, but it was literally like how to go to the bathroom and poop in a way that you're supposed to, that'll actually help you move mm-hmm. things out. Mm-hmm. And our rush society, you can see it and how quickly we try to poop and just give up. And they're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I have no time for this. And then move out of the bathroom before you should. Or people bring their phones in, which is like then distraction. So um, yeah, I completely agree with that's hilarious. (laughs) And that's genius to to adult potty training. But it's just like, it's one of those things that like everybody does. Everybody's got to do. We we love to talk about food. We got to talk about the other side of it. Yeah. And how much that actually impacts your, like for me, my bloating, right? Like I remember how much I struggled to go to the bathroom as a child and how that was like something my mom always went to the doctor for me for and stuff. And then life happened and I got more anxious as a teenager <laughs> and then it made it even more difficult. Um, and by like probably my early 20s, I was having a colonoscopy because of just how aggravated I felt and like trying to figure out if there was something deeper that was wrong from the constipation and the bleeding in the stool and like all that stuff. And I have re- really conscious choice through my 20s to try to really tend to that. And a lot of it came down to therapy being really helpful from like an anxiety perspective that lowered mm. a lot of the tension in my body. Um, but even now, just even almost like continuously upgrading to make sure that like that question that you asked um, a few minutes ago, which is like, how good can you actually feel? And like how much, what, how much better can you continue to feel? And that being the guiding light of like continuously improving the habits that work then but can probably get better now. Yeah. And also what worked once for you might not work right now. And that's okay too. Like not comparing yourself to an old version, an old version of yourself or to anybody else, but just being with what's realistic for you now. Um, cause again, I have clients do some weeks. It's just the bare minimum. Like people are so overwhelmed, overstressed, you know, pulled in a million different directions. Like, okay, can you try to chew your food? Yeah. <laughs> like literally, and that makes a huge difference in digestion as well. Or can we on really stressful weeks do a greens powder um, or on travel days? So like certain things like that, I'll, I'll customize based on like what would really actually work and move the needle a little bit, or just have someone feel like, <sighs> I had had a client yesterday, breathe. That was her homework. It's like we, we try to hop to these really fancy, exciting, new things. But like, are you breathing? If you don't have that foundation, it is so hard to build upon it with like these things mm-hmm. that feel trendy and popular and costly, right? A lot of times they're yeah. expensive and water isn't, right? Mm-hmm. And breathing isn't. And I one of the things that I say in a lot of episodes, probably at least 
ones in every episode is like your wellness routine should not be your full-time job. Like oh, you have amen. life to live and you it's not sustainable. And you've said this a couple of times through this conversation too. There are certain weeks where you can do and go all in, but that's not like life. That's just like the one week out of a year that you're committed to this thing as an experience. But the reality is like life has to be a lot more sustainable to, for these things to be fulfilling in ways that actually matter. Yeah. And fun too. And like, as much as I, I love this world and I can tell that you really do too. And like, we would have fun going yeah. to like a wellness night somewhere. <laughs> like also we want to be able to like hang with people who aren't in this space too. And yeah, wellness really is a vehicle to get you to do all the other things and not have to think about food so much. And like, that's really the symbol to me when like my job feels done is when someone feels great and they're not even thinking about food anymore. They're just, it's just like they're making those decisions that they know uh, suit them the best or going to make them feel the best. It's actually really funny because the name of the podcast is happy to be here. And it was for that exact reason. It's like, you don't do all this work of like self-discovery and figuring yourself out and wellness routines. If your goal isn't to just feel really, really happy. Mm -hmm. And that's like the real payout is just like, when can you feel like in your body and just content and enjoying life? Yeah. Yeah. I'm inspired to share something like personally that I did last year that really moved that needle for me. Cause like, obviously the, the nutrition side of things feels pretty simple to me, but I did this experience called the Hoffman process and it's in Connecticut and Northern California. And it's a week of like intensive self-development where they take your phone Oh wow! for the full week. You're like cut off, but you're like, and you're like moving through emotions. And it's just about like getting the, that rage out Mm -hmm. that most of us women have that we that's completely unexpressed the anger but also like joy and things like that and it was such a needle mover for me as like a sovereign human um that like all the food in the world all the supplements (laughs) in the world aren't gonna give me so it's such a good example for me personally of like okay this stuff is great and important but it's one puzzle piece and we got to be looking at the whole rest of the puzzle yes yes I think that my version of that was starting acupuncture in December Right. Because like I am so in my mind and so in my head and I write a lot and it's very um, exhaustive in the sense of like I am constantly in in the arena, if you will. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that I truly just laid down and was like, someone else is doing this thing. Like I can't put the needles in and I'm going to lay here and Sarah's going to do her Mm -hmm. thing and then she's going to leave and I'm just I'm just going to lay here. And for me, that was like a different level of the puzzle piece and realizing that it was a puzzle, right? And I've been in this space for, at that point, nine years. I've been in this body for 30 years. And Mm -hmm. I'm only just starting to realize how big the puzzle is and how many different things can fill it. Um, And I think that that, I hope, is what you, whoever is listening, can gather from this is that it's, it's not about a simple solve or some like quick tips that can make a difference. It's about... How can you create a sustainable life that feels like you are actually at your best and continuously fully pushing what great and amazing and fun can feel like for you? Oh, yes. Completely echo that. And I think it's so interesting that there's that saying, of course, you can't pour from an empty cup, um, but just like resourcing ourselves and really like knowing what that means. And, and that me- might mean for me like a, a big um difficult point for me is like stopping scrolling and being like, okay, we get to like sit alone. We get to like sit in silence. We get to read a book, things like that. But those are the things that I actually do know. So it's like all these choice points through our day as well, which can be 
I mean that in an empowering way, not in a like scary, you got to choose one or the other. Your life will, will be drastically different, but like we need it. We need to feel really resourced in order to show up in the world fully. And uh, it sounds like acupuncture has really been that for you. I, I, what I hear from that too, mm-hmm. is just, yeah, that real, that real refill um, moment of receiving. Yes. And you not having to be in the action. And you mentioned this through, um, through your experience, but I think as women, we give more than we receive and mm-hmm. figuring out how we can receive more is, I think, the real basis of whatever wellness foundation you're building. It's like, yeah. how can you get more things that can actually make you feel better in a world that constantly tells you you just have to continue to pour? And continue to buy more and be more and like more, 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 more. And it's just like, I definitely have entered a phase in my 30s as well that's about less and like being happy with what's already there and you know just catching myself like I'll, I'll go to shop on, on yeah. a website and I'm like wait I don't you know don't just that moment of catching anymore. yourself of like yeah. I don't need anything um but the, that abundance to circle back to something you said earlier like abundance just like in our lives as is versus like oh when I get this next thing when I get that boyfriend when mm-hmm. I uh, get married you know there's always like another thing to climb but it's like okay what about right now? now like I the perfect example in my life um this week is that my boyfriend moved into an office space in our city and I got the second bedroom and it's this one that we're recording in right now and then it is so exciting Mm -hmm. but it is so empty right so like it is just my desk and then the things that I propped up behind me so it looked like a nice little thing but it's literally (laughs) other than this one corner over my left shoulder and my desk and my one tool for us to meditate like it is pretty empty and I was telling a friend, I'm like, I could be upset over the fact that it is so empty and be like, why isn't it already set up perfectly for podcasting? And why isn't it set up for all these things? Or I can just enjoy the fact that it is this level of possibility. And like, I can make what it is feel nice right now and be content and happy in that. It does, I don't have to arrive anywhere to feel really happy about it. And yeah. I think that that is something that I'm trying to live out in like my whole life because I've always been someone who always wanted to be over there when I'm here and I'm like actually Mm. here is pretty fun as long as I'm like actually presently here Mm -hmm. yeah and reminder like on social media it's never what it Mm -hmm. looks like oh my gosh this is a perfect example like yeah the rest of my office (laughs) is empty and or has still has some of my boyfriend's stuff but the one corner that you're seeing over my left shoulder is pretty nicely designed (laughs) yeah and I'm staring at a table of like supplements (laughs) and like it's not pretty over in that Mm -hmm. direction as well so yeah it's a great example of like yeah you're never seeing the full picture Carolyn, mm-hmm. I'm so excited that we got to do this. Thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else that you want people to know before we sign off for this episode? The only thing I, that I was like, oh, I, we should have talked mm-hmm. about fiber a oh, little yes. bit when it comes to pooping. So I will <laughs> circle it back to that of like all the veggies in the world and grains are really important too. And something I see a lot of women do is try to go too low carb or go keto or try to fit the, or go vegan. So try to fit themselves into a box. And so just having some flexibility with yourself and again, what works for you once might not work for you in present moment or in the future. Um, so being with who you are today, I think is like exactly the note to end on too. Uh, and so, yeah, that's probably about it. Amazing. Where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, Carolyn Brownie on Instagram and Indigo Wellness Group. I work virtually with clients 
uh, all over the world. And so it's such a, it's my dream job. I can't believe I get to do this every day, help people figure out what to eat and how to move through the world in a way that feels like them Mm -hmm. too. And we work on confidence. We work even on posture Mm -hmm. and things like that. So it's, it's about the food, but it's not solely about the food. And yeah, that is where you can find me. Amazing. I'm adding all of Carolyn's links and social handles to our show notes. Make sure to follow her because she has such a wealth of knowledge and she's sharing it daily. Don't forget to rate, review, or share Happy To Be Here with a friend if you can. And follow us too, at Happy To Be Here Pod on Instagram and TikTok. I'll catch you next Thursday with a new conversation.